x is 18. Please repeat this after me. Bože dělo, že je to nezničitelné, nezmizitelné a věčné živé bytosti jistě pomine. Proto bojuj o potomku Bháraty. Význam. Hmotné tělo se svoj, svou povahou pomíve. K jeho zničení může dojít okamžitě nebo až za sto let. Je to jen otázka času. Není možné navždy je udržet při životě. Duše je však tak nepatrná, že ji nepřítel nemůže ani spatřit, natož aby mohla být zabita. Jak jsme se zmínili v předešlém verši, je tak nepatrné, nepatrná, že si nikdo nedokáže ani představit, jak ji změřit. Žádného hlediska tedy není důvodu k vědování, poněvadž duše nemůže být zabita a ani její hmotné tělo nemůže být uschováno navždy. Pro každého člověka je proto důležité, aby během svého světského života následoval náboženské zásady, protože hmotné tělo, do kterého se tělila duše, je výsledkem minulých činů dovršených v předešlém životě. Ve Vedanta Sutře je živá bytost přirovnávána ke světlu, poněvadž je částicí nejvyššího světla. Tak jako sluneční světlo udržuje celý vesmír, tak i světlo duše udržuje hmotné tělo. Jakmile duše opustí hmotné tělo, začne se tělo rozkládat. Je to tedy duše, která udržuje tělo při životě. Tělo je samo o sobě bezvýznamné. Proto Krishna Arjunovi radil, aby bojoval a neobětoval náboženství pro hmotné či tělesné pohodlí. On to vám to jmej dejá nitěs juptáša lírina a nášinou promějesí to smadit děsvo bháreta. Hmotné tělo této nezničitelné, nezměřitelné a věčné živé bytosti jistě pomine, proto bojuj o potomku bháraty. Ukam kroti vátilam bangam nájete hegrým je kripatadham mandejši grunum dinatalinam. So the Bhagavad Gita preaches a transcendental morality. From the point of view of mundane morality, Arjuna was right to refuse to fight. His sentiments that he did not want to engage in warfare, especially not to kill his own friends and relatives, his sentiments are considered by materialistic people to be praiseworthy. In fact, mundane people, they would say that Arjuna was showing very high spiritual understanding by telling Krishna, I shall not fight. Arjuna Prabhupada said that this Bhagavad Gita, its purpose is to overturn all mundane conceptions. And that is seen right in the beginning of the second chapter, this chapter, where Sri Krishna after hearing all of Arjuna's sentimental arguments, Krishna says, you're just a fool. 
Chce vidět hnedka tady na začátku této druhé kapitole, když potom, co ty jsme slyšel všechny Arjunovy argumenty, říkal mu Arjuna, ty slyšel na hlupách. And here in this verse, Krishna is very clearly telling Arjuna, you are soul, they are soul, so why are you afraid? Fight. A tady v tomto, tomto verši Arjuna, Krishna říká Arjuna je velice jasně, ty jsi duše, oni jsou duše, tak jenom bojují. You won't be killed. They won't be killed. The body may be killed. But you and they and all living entities are not the body. So why are you afraid? Get up and fight. Now, one famous interpreter of Bhagavad Gita, very famous person, Mahatma Gandhi, who is celebrated by all the mundane people <laughs> as being a saint. <laughs> He's tried to argue that the message of Bhagavad Gita is ahimsa, non-violence. And to do this in his interpretation, he's had to take the reader away from Krishna and Arjuna, the battlefield of Kurukshetra, the whole uh, setting of the Gita. And he has interpreted that the five Pandavas are actually the five senses and so many other imaginary ideas. Srila hmm. uh, Prabhupada very clearly denounces this imaginary approach. And in today's verse, today's verse is so clear. There's no possibility of screwing out this idea from the Gita that Krishna is actually teaching non-violence. He's very clearly ordering Arjuna to go out in battle and fight and kill and he's basing this order on transcendental knowledge, spiritual knowledge. So does this mean that killing is good? People will, foolish people anyway, they, they may think, oh, then this Bhagavad Gita is saying we can go out and kill people and it's all right because everybody is spiritual and they are not really killed. So who has an answer? Is killing good? Huh? Ah, very intelligent. 
He not only knows about electronics. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he knows about philosophy also. Very good answer. Yes, that is the right answer. Uh, a consideration could be given that, well, Arjuna is a Kshatriya. And it is the dharma of Kshatriya or warrior caste to fight uh, under uh, scriptural injunction. Hmm. So that could be brought up. But actually it is not the real answer. The real answer Mr. Electrofix has given. <laughs> that Krishna has said to Arjuna, do it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the real thing. Srila uh, Prabhupada also, uh, uh, in, uh, when a question was raised about uh, Lord Ramchandra, why did Lord Ramchandra, it is seen in the Ramayana, that he and his brother Lakshmana, they were, when they were staying in the forest, they were going out and hunting deers, killing them, bringing the deers back, cooking, and they and Sita Devi were eating. <laughs> so, so, this is in Valmiki Ramayana. So someone was asking Prabhupada, what, what is this? <laughs> so one devotee proposed, well, Lord Ramchandra is Kshatriya, and Kshatriyas, they may do this. And Prabhupada didn't like this answer. He said, no, Lord Ramchandra is God, and he can do whatever he likes. <laughs> he said, he can eat the whole universe if he wants. <laughs> so what to speak of, eat some deer. Mm. So, similarly, if Krishna tells us, kill, if Krishna tells us, eat meat, we do it. Now someone, some devotee may say, yes, that's all right, but we know that Krishna won't tell us. <laughs> Yeah. And that's a fact. Krishna probably won't tell you <laughs> to go kill and eat meat. But don't think that that means that Krishna is under your conception of morality. Krishna is not under the rules and regulations that we are under. Mm -hmm. Whatever Krishna does is always all auspicious. 
That is why he is God. And whatever we do that may not be all auspicious. You see, we cannot by our own independent uh, idea uh, create rules and regulations, create definition of what is good and bad. We are under higher law. We are not the maker of higher law. Krishna, Dharmantu, Shakshat, Bhagavat, Pranitam, Bhagavan, Krishna, He is the giver of dharma, law, and he himself is above all dharma. Mm-hmm. Because he is above good and evil. Huh? Whatever he does is all auspicious. As far as this killing and eating, when Mahavishnu is breathing out the universes, just imagine, you know, there are countless universes, and in all these universes, there are countless living entities. There are demigods, there are great sages, there are brahmanas, there are kings, there are ordinary human beings, boys and girls, children, babies, all varieties of living entities, all species. And when Mahavishnu breathes in, they all enter his body and are destroyed. Therefore, therefore, uh, Vedanta literature describes the Lord, He is the eater. He eats everything. Hmm? He's eating demigods, kings, babies, <laughs> cows, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Demons also. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Without any discrimination. <laughs> but this eating is above. No, no one can say it is good or bad. No one, no one can uh, uh, impose their own moral judgment on it. Because the Lord's activities are beyond anyone's judgment. They are transcendental. And they are automatically, automatically for everyone's best interest. Whatever Krishna does is all auspicious. So when Krishna descends into this world, 
he kills demons. But it is all auspicious. They are liberated. Mm -hmm. And if he orders his pure devotees to kill, then whoever they kill under Krishna's order are also liberated. Lord Krishna's vahana, his, his carrier. Who is that? Who knows? Garuda. Yes, Garuda Deva. So Garuda Deva eats snakes. Sometimes we joke about Chinese people eating snakes. As an example of a very low class culture. When once in Mayapur, when Tamal Krishna Maharaj was initiating a Chinese devotee at the Gopunima festival, he asked him, What are the four regulative principles? <laughs> and so the boy recited the four regulative principles, and then Tamal Krishna Maharaj said, And also, no snakes. <laughs> so that makes us laugh, but there is Garuda, the carrier of Vishnu. He is eating snakes. Does that mean he is low class? <laughs> No, because uh, it is all auspicious, actually. The snakes, they are the lowest form of life. Uh, for a living entity to enter the body of a snake means he is most envious. Hmm? Yet if a snake is killed by Garuda, He's liberated. Hmm. Because Krishna has said to Garuda, yes, you may eat the snakes. They are your food. Uh -huh. And so similarly, Krishna is telling Arjuna, kill the enemy, kill these Kauravas. Mm -hmm. Be my instrument in this fight. Mm -hmm. And do not be afraid. Do not be foolish. Because you are eternal. And they are eternal. And I am ordering you to go forth and kill these bodies and liberate these poor souls who are so much engrossed in Maya. Huh? That was the reason for this fight. 
Because Maharaj Dhritarashtra was in Maya. His sons, the 100 sons, they were all in Maya. In the Mahabharata, uh, it is described how Krishna, before the battle, he went uh, to Indra, no, to Hastinapur, the capital of the Kauravas. And he presented to Maharaj Dhritarashtra and Duryodhana and all the Kauravas. Uh, and a final offer, which was very reasonable. That the five Pandavas, they are Kshatriyas. That means they must govern. That is their Dharma. So you just give them five villages. Yeah. And each one of them will rule that one village as king. And then Duryodhana, the uh, first son of Dhritarashtra, he spoke up, we'll not give them so much land as you can put in the head of a pin. Hmm. And so, Sri Krishna, he revealed to the Kauravas his universal form, just as he revealed it to Arjuna in the 11th chapter. And so, there was no doubt that Krishna is God. Uh, because they could all see the whole universe within Krishna. <laughs> and they could see the outcome of the battle of Kurukshetra also. But still they would not surrender. Uh, Dhritarashtra said to Sri Krishna, your instructions do not stay in my mind. Just like uh, lightning does not stay in a cloud. Mm -hmm. Krishna, I know who you are. I know that you are the Supreme Lord. And I know that I should do what you say. But I'm so attached to my son. <laughs> so he was in mind. <laughs> so Krishna told Arjuna, Stop this nonsense. Go out and fight. Actually, it is Krishna's mercy. Huh? These Poor fools. They're so attached. They don't listen to reason. Even when I come personally to preach to them, they say, oh, we cannot follow. 
oni tak, tak nemůžu naslouchat prakticky rozumu, tak jsou nerozumní, že dokonce i já, když jim přijdu a řeknu jim něco, tak oni řeknou, já nám dítom nemůžu vlastně So Krishna told Arjuna, go kill them. And in this way they will be liberated from Maya. So in the same way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <coughs> is ordering his followers in the Sankirtan movement to go forth and kill the demons, kill the materialists, kill the non-devotees. Kill them all. Of course, not kill them. Not kill them with uh, a weapon like a gun or a knife. We cannot do that. This is not the time for it. Nor are we Chatriyas. <laughs> so Lord Chaitanya has given us another way to kill them. And kill the demoniac mentality. By preaching the holy name of the Lord. By distributing Srila uh, Prabhupada's transcendental books. Mm -hmm. Every book that is distributed means one demon killed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in the Second World War, when the, uh, the American pilots would, would come over Germany and they would shoot down German airplanes. Then they would go back and they would paint on the side of their plane. They would put this Hakenkreuz or the swastika. You know, today three, three planes I shot down. And then those who are aces, the big, the big fighter pilots, they would have many, many of these swastikas on the front of their plane. <laughs> So similarly, when the Sankirtan devotees come back every week, <laughs> they're counting they're counting up the number of books they distributed and then it is announced before the deities and there is beating of drums and cartels and joy and actually we are celebrating that this week so many demons have been killed. <laughs> that is a fact. And I remember uh, when I was distributing books 
as brahmachari in America. That was always my satisfaction. Whenever I would sell one book, I would always think like that, that this demon has been killed. <laughs> Because for sure his life is now completely changed by taking Srila Prabhupada's book. This is the thing that is so satisfying about book distribution. That it's so concrete. Uh, I, I remember, of, of course, this is not, uh, perhaps not the proper understanding, but I just remember when I was a new devotee, when I would go on the Harinam, you're chanting Hare Krishna and so many people are walking by. And because I was neophyte, it was not so clear to me how the holy name of the Lord was affecting their consciousness. It was not so clear to me that when we go out on the street and chant that their lives are being changed. Of course, the holy name is killing all the demons who hear. But somehow it is perhaps not so obvious to us. Because even when they hear the holy name, the demons on the street, they're sometimes laughing or shouting or attacking. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But I recall when selling a book, then you were sure this person's life is now completely changed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, whenever a book is sold, it means total victory over the bodily conception of life. Because normally this person, he would not buy such a book. The persons who are by themselves interested in, in Bhagavad Gita, for instance, are very few. You know, those who distribute books know very well that it's not very often when someone runs up to you on the street, Oh, you have Bhagavad Gita! Yes, let me buy it! That doesn't happen very much. <laughs> Mostly the people are not interested in Prabhupada's books. Mm -hmm. because they are totally absorbed in the bodily concept. 
And also, normally, I recall myself, uh, when I'd go out on Sankirtan, uh, I could see uh, myself also in this body. Normally, I am not capable to sell these books either. <laughs> But, Srila Prabhupada said his books must be sold. Just like Krishna told Arjuna, they must be killed. Arjuna, Arjuna felt by himself, I cannot do this. There's, there's my guru. Huh? There are my friends. There is my family. How can I kill them? And also they're so powerful. Look, Grandfather Bhishma. Such powerful fighters on the other side. How can I kill them? I don't want to kill them and I can't kill them. <laughs> but Krishna said, kill them. <laughs> so then Arjuna became empowered as soon as he surrendered. So similarly, I recall when I was going on Sankirtan, when I'd first go out on the street, I would also be thinking, I don't want to distribute these books and I can't distribute these books. <laughs> and I would look at the karmis on the street and I would see, look at their faces and also they don't want these books. <laughs> but then I would remember, Srila Prabhupada says, Distribute my books. <laughs> so it must be done. And then as soon as I would go out and start selling the books on Prabhupada's order, the power was there to uh, defeat the bodily concept. <laughs> Defeat my own bodily concept. That I don't want to do, I cannot do. And also their bodily concept. That I'm so busy, I'm, I have to go home and gratify my senses. I don't want to read Bhagavad Gita. And when one is in the fire of book distribution, then one actually realizes the bliss of spiritual life. One actually then knows what is liberation. And then one actually knows what Krishna consciousness really means. Yeah. 
Because just, we have to always remember, Bhagavad Gita is a book of Krishna conscious philosophy. But just remember under what circumstance it was being spoken. Prabhupada said Bhagavad Gita was not a table talk. <laughs> it's not that Krishna and Arjuna were sitting at some table <laughs> drinking coffee <laughs> speaking some ideas about the soul like they do in downtown Prague. <laughs> no, it was a battlefield. And the test of whether or not Arjuna had any realization of what Krishna had instructed him was to be seen in war. And the potency of Krishna's instruction is seen in Arjuna's victory after 18 days. After 18 days of hard fighting. Mm -hmm. It was a tremendous battle. Huh? When one reads the, the description in the Mahabharata, it makes your Sika stand up. <laughs> Such a ferocious battle. Uh -huh. So as I said, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, he has adjusted this fight, this test of whether or not we have any understanding of Krishna consciousness. He has adjusted it for this time. Now, instead of going out with sword and bow and arrow, we go out with Madanga cartels and Srila Prabhupada's books. It's a different kind of fight, but it is still a fight. <laughs> And just as at Kurukshetra, there was an ocean, an ocean of millions and millions of enemy. So, similarly, <laughs> now in this Kali Yuga, there is an ocean of karmis out there who don't want to surrender to Krishna. And these, Srila Prabhupada's transcendental books, these are our astras for killing the enemy. And there is no room for weakness, there is no room for sentimentality. This weakness, this sentimentality, as it is so clearly shown in Bhagavad Gita, simply means we are failing 
Krishna. Failing, yes, failing Krishna's test. Mm-hmm. So, one must be confident. Just as Krishna is telling Arjuna, why are you afraid? Your spirit soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in this verse, you see the word aprameyasya means you are means the soul is immeasurable. You see, the soul is capable of inconceivable wonderful feats. Huh? The limitation, we think, we think that we are limited, we think that we are incapable. That is only because of the body. Someone is thinking, oh, I, I cannot distribute books. Only because of the body, uh, also the subtle body. <laughs> Uh-huh. So here is Sri Krishna. He's cutting through that illusion. Arjuna, you are soul. You are aprameya. Uh-huh. No one can measure the soul, what the soul is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Because the soul, the soul is part of Krishna. Huh? We are all part of Krishna. So what is Krishna incapable of doing? You see? We are part of Krishna. And Krishna is omnipotent. Huh? And Krishna is, he has a name, Satya Sankalpa. That means whatever Krishna wants, he gets. Mm-hmm. Satya Sankalpa literally means his desire is reality. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can say that. <laughs> but if we surrender to Krishna and we make his desire our desire, then we also become Satya Sankalpa. So for Arjuna, from a material point of view, it was impossible situation. But when he surrendered to Krishna, then everything was possible. And similarly, when we are in material consciousness, we think this Sankirtan mission is impossible. And we give so many reasons, just like Arjuna gave in the first chapter of Gita. <laughs> but if we surrender to Krishna, then one is empowered, one becomes aprameya, immeasurably powerful. Mm-hmm. 
And this is the actual test. The Krishna consciousness, it's not, it's not a Sunday social club, this movement. You see? There's such clubs I have seen. <laughs> One place I've seen in uh, New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand. It's called the Temple of Higher Thought. <laughs> and so every Sunday or once a week, you see some, some spaced out people going in this temple. <laughs> and they're sitting and talking about spiritual things. Mm. And then after one hour, two hours of talk about so many esoteric subjects, then they get up and go back home, back to their ordinary material life. Nothing actually changed. But as I pointed out in the very beginning, Bhagavad Gita means everything must change. <laughs> All material conceptions are thrown away. Uh -huh. And the test is fighting. A test is boy. The test is not speculating. Test uh speculative. -huh. The test is not whether or not I, I feel good. <laughs> or whether or not I'm getting vibrations. <laughs> The test is fighting. This shows that I know I'm not the body. Hmm. When I kick my body in the back and I kick my mind in the back, get out there and fight. Hmm. Body and mind have so many reasons. Oh, I can't do it. No! Go! <laughs> and then the power comes by Krishna's mercy. And then one actually can taste what Krishna consciousness really is. Hmm? At the last verse in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, uh, actually Sanjaya, Sanjaya says, uh, that wherever there is Krishna and Arjuna, there will be Vijaya. Vijaya means victory. Hmm? This Vijaya, victory. This is the proof uh, that one has surrendered to Krishna, the Yogeshwara, the master of all mystics. 
toto vidia na vítězství je prakticky důkaz, že se osoba odevzdala Jogešvarovi, Krišnovi, Pánu, všech mystiků. So, that is the challenge facing everyone here. There's a big war going on out there. <laughs> and every devotee in this Krishna consciousness movement is meant to be a soldier in that war. And the only way that you will actually attain Krishna consciousness is by surrendering to this fight and fearlessly going forward and attaining victory, vijaya, for the spiritual master and for Krishna. Are there any questions? Yes, well, that was the point of this lecture. <laughs> of course, there are so many Sankirtan stories. And we find these stories enlivening. But uh, I feel that we have to focus in on the actual uh, relevance of our situation to Bhagavad Gita. This morning we are reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Because this victory that I'm speaking of, it's not uh, simply that I have a good day on Sankirtan. I mean, I can tell so many stories. Uh, what I did and what other devotees did. Uh, the very wonderful, uh, exciting leelas of book distribution. But I can also say that many of those devotees that whose names I would have to mention in these stories, they're no longer devotees. So that is also not victory to win some battles but lose the war. We have to win the war. That means we have to ourselves become Krishna conscious. Mm -hmm. And not fall victim again to the allurement of the material energy. 
So that means that we have to connect our activity, our devotional service to this eternal message of Bhagavad Gita. And not to the Rajoguna. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada, I, I can recall when Radha Damodar was very, a very big Sankirtan party, it, it had reached its peak. Um, at this time, actually, I was on the library party. I was not part of Radha Damodar anymore. I was distributing books on the BBT Library Party, but Prabhupada had come to um, Chicago Temple, and so Radhadamadar was there, all their buses, and more than a hundred Sankirtan devotees, and the Library Party was also there, and Prabhupada was installing deities and initiating devotees. And so everyone was ecstatic and during the kirtan uh, the devotees, the brahmacharis began to dance in uh, many <laughs> different uh, styles of dancing they were in this way expressing their their joy their excitement but Srila Prabhupada stopped them and he made them he told them he showed them actually how to dance he said you just raise your hands and and step like this. Don't do all this <laughs> turning and spinning and kicking and. <laughs> all these fancy movements. And later on, Srila Prabhupada remarked, You Americans are so passionate. <laughs> so you see, there is there is a difference. A distinction must be made between the the short-term joy uh, of serving Krishna, but serving under the mode of passion. When there's great excitement and many battles are won and we feel very strong and successful. You see, this is Maya. <laughs> this is the Maya of the demigods. Huh? They fall into this Maya thing. Oh. 
And this doesn't actually please Krishna. So then from time to time, Krishna, as this expression goes, I don't know if you have the same expression, he pulls the rug underneath their feet. <laughs> So that they understand that Krishna consciousness is not the same as the intoxication of the mode of passion. The mode of passion is like nectar in the beginning, poison later on. Yes, so there are so many exciting stories, but as I said, to be honest, just to be honest, if I were to start to tell these stories, I would have to mention this devotee, that devotee, this devotee, that devotee, and many of them, I must be honest and say most of them are no longer devotees. So we want to win the war. Not just a few battles when we're young and strong and feeling good. <coughs> what about later on? When you're old and weak and not feeling good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, one has to therefore firmly ground himself <coughs> on this eternal platform of Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita, Nistraiguna Bhavarjuna, Arjuna, rise above the influence of the modes. Become steadily situated. That from the uh, 14th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. This, uh, what is that? Um, just can't remember it right now. But it's a very important verse in this connection. Last, second to the last verse of the 14th chapter. Mam, oh yes, Mam Chayovi Bicharina. Bhakti yogena sevate sagunan samatitya tan brahma buya kalpate. Read the translation. Domi slouží souplnou odanosti a za žádných okolností se neodchýlí. Ten zároveň překonává kvality hmotné přírody a tak se dostává na úroveň brahma. So, avya bicharena means without fail or without falling down. Avya bicharena znamená bez one has to serve Krishna in Bhakti Yoga without failing, without falling down. <coughs> then, Sagunan Samatichaitan, then one rises above the influence of the modes of nature. Mm-hmm. Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpate. This is victory. To come to the 
Brahman, transcendental spiritual platform. Mm-hmm. So, we should distribute books. No matter what our consciousness is. <laughs> In the early days, I remember sometimes some devotees came to Prabhupada to complain about the passionate book distributors. And yes, it was a fact that many of these big book distributors of the early days they were <laughs> really in the mode of fashion. <laughs> and they were doing so many things that they actually should not have done. Mm-hmm. And then it was seen later on that they could not maintain their book distribution. So, some devotees were coming and complaining to Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, they're doing this, they're doing that. So many strange things they're doing in the name of book distribution. And Srila Prabhupada's reply was, So, if you have a better way, then you distribute the books. Mm-hmm. So, Srila Prabhupada, uh, yes, he demanded that his books go out. And he knew that many of the book distributors were not, were not actually up to the real standard of of Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpate. And then they would not be able to maintain the book distribution for very long. But then again there is no loss. Whatever they do for Krishna is to their eternal benefit. But Srila Prabhupada, you see, uh, he did say there was a transcendental uh, standard of book distribution or transcendental standard of all devotional service. And he always preached that we should perform our activities on that platform. Because that is the real platform of Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. For instance, regarding book distribution, he said you should preach on the value of the books themselves. He wanted his book distributors to become preachers of Bhagavata philosophy. Mm-hmm. He always said there's no need to tell silly stories 
in order to get people to buy books. Mm. There's really no need to trick people. One must become expert. Mm -hmm. So this should be our goal. If we are not now on that platform, it doesn't mean, oh, all right, then I won't distribute any books. Oh, you should distribute books, but that should be your goal, to come to the proper standard. That is victory. Mm -hmm. You see, if, if we just think the standard is that I feel good, you know, that I go out and sell a lot of books and come back and eat a lot of prasadam and go to sleep <laughs> and get up the next day and run out and sell more books and come. If we think that that's the victory, <laughs> as I said, there's no loss <laughs> if one distributes so many books for a short period of time. That's, that's also good, but certainly that's not going to last very long, yeah. this, this very passionate approach. <laughs> The real success is to put this Bhagavad Gita into practice in our life as Sankirtan devotees. To follow in the footsteps of Arjuna. Hmm. Arjuna was fighting under Krishna's direction. In fact, Arjuna, you could, you see, Arjuna was so fixed in doing only what Krishna wanted him to do in this battle. Mm -hmm. This was Arjuna's attitude. Completely fixed on Krishna. He had no personal self-interest. This, you can see in the first, uh, first chapter of Bhagavad Gita how Arjuna renounces all personal interest in this fight. Mm. So at the end of Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna tells Krishna, yes, I will fight, but why? Only for Krishna. That is his only reason for taking up his Gandiva bow again. Mm -hmm. So, we have to follow in Arjuna's footsteps. And then we will actually be victorious. Not in just a few battles, but in the whole war.
So it is now nine o'clock. We have to stop. Give a pro fat key die. I got a key die.